3: No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
1: apply. See website for details.
0: Hello, good evening, good day. Welcome to another edition of The Spurs Show. Thank you so much for downloading us. We're in our brand new studio today courtesy of one of our guests uh we're now in the east end of london real sort of trendy sort of skinny jeans floppy hair area of london and one of our guests emmanuel mon thank you very much at livingstontech.com com. all your software needs emmanuel thank you so much for allowing us to be here
2: it's an honour and a privilege, well, obviously.
0: thank you very much indeed. And also joining us, uh, also making his debut, one man who's written, literally wrote half the words. Um, and then our other guest wrote the other half. Adam Fisher joins us.
3: Uh, good evening. Thanks for having me. Uh, no skinny jeans because no. of my big tuchus. <laughs> and no hair, frankly. Fantastic. And Martin Cloak joins us, who also co-wrote
0: the book we'll be talking about tonight, A People's History of Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Nice to be back. Thanks, Mike. And um a bit annoyed I didn't get advanced notice to go to grow a beard, but yeah. uh, I'll need about four years, but you know.
0: <laughs> well we've got so much to talk about today. Obviously the games recently against Gillingham and Middlesbrough and the game, the Champions League game in Moscow coming up and the massive game now at the weekend against Man City, um and other bits and pieces. Before we start, just to remind uh, those of you that we are being supported by FanDuel, which is a one day fancy football game. You simply select a team or a premier Premier League players for a single round of fixtures um, so for example this Saturday and Sunday Sunday we're playing Man City choose your contest we're playing the five pound fan favourite with six thousand pounds of prizes to be won by the top 360 managers you've got a hundred million pounds to spend no subs no captains make a formation uh, hunt out the hidden gems. fan jewels designed by football fans like us and powered by Optus Stats is more but much more than just goals and assists every pass interception every tackle you get points and we've got an offer for for you. If you sign up the promo code Spurs Show, then Fanjill will refund your entry fee as free credit if you don't win cash in your first contest up to £10. So just use the offer, enter your team against all yours, and if you don't win, you will get that credit return. All you've got to do is go to fangil.co.uk, enter our promo code Spurs Show in the promo code field on sign up to bag the offer. So thank you very much. And I didn't do very well last week. Um, fortunately, I think I finished like 400th um you know but hey that's the west end slot gotta yeah. be in it to win i think i might have put a couple of west end defenders in which was a really stupid thing to do but there we go right loads to talk about we'll get on to uh this fantastic book that i urge you all to go and see uh read a little bit later on but first let's talk about the game at the weekend uh middlesbrough one of those games where maybe in the past you could see us sort of throwing away but Emmanuel, i mean you know starts with the front foot happy days um, yes, well, all those
2: people who are on my, um, email list, I write a, a, a weekly column on Spurs, mm. uh, will know that I predicted at best a draw. Really? Uh, so, wow. but, um, the truth of the matter is, um, all, all those who get my, um, email will know that I'm a, a born pessimist when it comes to Spurs. And like, fact, like many Spurs in, fans. Well, in fact, those of you who are listening now might want to, those of you who have a medical condition or, or, or um, subject to depression might want to put their fingers in their ears now. Um, the. Re- the reality is that um, we, we did actually play a rather weak team who um, defenders seem to act like Subutio uh, figures when uh, we had the ball in the area. So I think we've to some extent flattered by these sort of home teams display.
0: Well, fair enough. But I mean, Martin, you know, what incredible is that our best start in the league for 51 years is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, thought it was, you know? uh,
1: I thought it was a really good performance, actually. And, you know, Middlesbrough weren't very good at all. Um, but we were totally dominant for the first half. And I think what's interesting, we we're talking as we came out of the game, is that we're now second in the league. Having not particularly played to yeah. what people know, you know, is, is our best. Not the level from last draw. season yeah. yet. When and we're usually we're thinking that, like, you know, we've we've probably that's what we've got, is it gonna be enough? And I think people mm. can see there's more to come. So, you know, it's not getting carried away, but mm. I don't think you can complain with a start. And we, we have played some really good stuff intermittently through games. Mm. I thought it was a pretty solid performance.
0: Absolutely. I mean Alan, what what was interesting, obviously the big thing of the week was oh no, Harry Kane, what are they gonna do? Janssen but it was actually Son, who is really hit form again, uh, who who really made the difference with two amazing
3: goals yeah what I, I liked about the performance was that Spurs are taking the game to the opposition yeah. regardless of their ability mm. you, you know we're running the game certainly for the f- first hour uh, and that's the way to be um, we're unbeaten and of course haven't conceded a goal from, uh, open play. Mm. Um, which may mean that we're rubbish from set pieces. But <laughs> I, be, I, be, I, I prefer to be, prefer to be optimistic. And yeah. I think that says a lot about our organization and the way that we're dominating games by taking, uh, the, the ball to the opponents um son seems to have had a combination of um settling into his right position i think he's very comfortable coming off the wing Mm -hmm. as opposed to playing on the right and also he's another one where pochettino has got the best out of him we heard that he might be leaving the club in the summer Pochettino's had a word with him I, I think also Pochettino has just strengthened up the the, the, the back bit behind him so he's mm. got a bit mm. more freedom on yeah. the left to move forward I mean that he's you know that goal you know we, we thought he was making a line for, for the stands he was mm. running off and then mm. he just seemed to lose his way come back and put that ball on mm. his right foot in the corner I'll have some more of that I mean so what was
1: the, the goal of the season contender oh, without a doubt it? fantastic strike
3: yeah
0: what was I mean Emmanuel what, what was great is that again when you look at the team show obviously no Diana no Rose, no Dembele playing. And, and obviously we've learnt today that those players will not be going yep. on the plane to Moscow. So quite clearly it wasn't cramp in the game before. Uh, They're uh, injured. Uh, uh, it was absolutely. a sort of a, a, a different team and you're away from go, the, the worry has always been, take away our first 11. Is the next yep. lot coming through good enough? I, I think there's little
2: doubt that the squad strengthened and I think the organisation was far better. And I thought there was a balance actually to, yeah. to the team. Hmm. Um, so I, I'm actually less worried about the next few games in terms of the team selection and the fact that you know dia is not available and Dembele is not available i i actually like liked seeing sissoko and wanyama mm. uh, you know as the whole holding players well sissoko wasn't a holding player but he, yeah. you know but in, in a sense he did a lot of running back um i i think what's very interesting is sissoko saying that he's still not fully fit well, mm. i thought that was a interesting sort of mm. you know um revelation if you if you will. That yeah. you know, he's playing him and he's not fully fit yet. So mm. it's either a false promise that he says he's got a lot more to offer and we're gonna be disappointed mm. or alternatively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like,
0: I'll never get fully fit. Yeah. Yet. But I mean Martin, what was good it was, was these players coming in. What? What are your? I mean, what do you think of sort of Yance? I mean, how the ball up? Ball like a couple I, I, of yes. half chances maybe could done better, and we don't want to sort of paint him with this sort of Soldado thing. Which fans? What he doing? I mean, he's mm. played a few games. I mean,
1: well, it was, it's, it was a classically. So uh, we'll talk about the Gillingham game I know mm. in a minute, but where we were sitting is a classic bloke Biome moment because everyone was thinking well, he's got the penalty and like, oh no, he's going to miss, isn't he? And then the bloke says, yeah. Well, of course Soldado's first goal was a penalty as well. We yeah, thought well, right. So he's buggered if he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I like him. I think he's. I think he makes a nuisance of himself. I think he's a he's strong I think he works really hard different sort of player to Kane mm. um, but I thought again you know he was, there was a bit of criticism because you know he didn't, people thought maybe he could have done more against Middlesbrough uh, at the weekend but I thought he put in a really really good performance and I thought he gave us some options as did, well Did you see one of the criticisms of him I, I, which I disagreed with which,
2: which was that he was not he was doing too much for the team and he wasn't being selfish enough as a striker mm. uh, I actually disagree with mm, that I think he's always games, looking so. for the
1: chance yeah he's always looking mm. and I, he, he, is, he is a bloody nuisance you know mm. and that's what we've needed and actually maybe we, you know, we've been a little bit nice for, for a while yeah. but it's, I think it gives us something different
0: yeah I mean Alan what, you, what do you think with the sort of setup at the moment with I mean the players that have, have come in and, and well I mean the start of the season I mean uh, as Martin said we haven't fully clicked yet but
3: unbeaten I'm still a tiny bit worried if a couple of players are injured, a couple of key players. Um, I think in addition to what people have been saying, I think Wanyama has made a big difference because he comes in, he's very solid, he can play... Uh, on his own as the defensive midfielder, or alongside Dyer, mm. and the defensive midfielder and the way Pochettino plays is the real fulcrum. You know, if they're settled, they can uh, break up opposition attacks. They can get the the attacks moving. They can give the fullbacks freedom to get forward. And I think he's been key so far. He's pochettino is clearly confident wanyama knows what he's supposed to do he slots straight in good player Mm -hmm. absolutely i mean it was also
0: also talking about (coughs) excuse me the squad and players obviously the game a few days before against gillingham uh, again i I know only gillingham but another very performance 5-0 it was great to see some of the fringe players take their chance and play well yeah I, i mean i think i think
2: harry winks is is a more likely first teamer squad player than Tom Carroll for example. I mean I think there's little doubt about that. I, you know my advice to Tom Carroll would have always been look for another club because I, you know he's what he's 24 now.
0: We'll signing a new contract I, so I know but, obviously seen but is
2: right? it signing a new contract so we can extract a yeah. better price you know mm. sort of Ryan Mason and mm. you know etc. Et I I I just think that there's that it's clear to me that you know he's there's a he's got a bit more about him, and he's a bit stronger, I think. And I, I, mm. and I think playing in the Premiership, you need that sort of physical strength. Mm.
0: And e- Ericsson Martin, I mean, obviously now he's signed mm. the contract. The last two games, he's looked more like his yeah, for he's, he's,
1: he's needed that, and I'm, I'm never sure how much the contract a, a, affects him. I mean, he's a little bit of a slow start last year as well, wasn't he yeah. But um, I mean, I thought it was a good it was a good move playing him earlier night. I also thought the smart move was uh, was playing Vimmer and Carl Vickers because there's mm. been this whole argument that you know Vimmer somehow fallen out of favour as he preferred Carl. Vickers, so I'll put them both in. Mm. And actually, they look pretty good, did not they? We know Vim was a, a really good player. Yeah. Carter Vickers, so I can see what the fuss is about. Mm. And as you say, it was only Gillingham, and it, I can't really see what Gillingham got out of that game at all. You always, like, even if you get a beating, you're going to pick up something by playing against a team a few levels up. But I can't really see what they would have got that mm. at all. But it was, a, it was a, you know, it was a scratch team, and it was a really good performance. And mm. it's the cliche about you're going to play the team in front of you. But I, I've seen, you know, scratch together Spurs teams play a lot worse, and it's yeah. another indication of the. Of the squad depth that we've got,
3: absolutely. I mean, well, they, they had they had ten men behind the back behind the ball from from the start, and we continually passed our way through them. Yeah, and which thought, has been a criticism mm, before, yeah, unable mm, to do that. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was very impressive the way that with all the changes they just slotted straight into the groove. Um, they played exactly the same way that the first team does, which shows uh, that it's not just a depth in terms of players, mm. but it's depth in in terms mm. of really getting the tactics in. I was very impressed with Lamella. and and um, Ericsson's attitude, you know, they didn't treat it as just a run out beneath them. Mm. They were completely committed. Um, and I thought it was... I actually enjoyed it there yeah. we are I've said it I, I watched the Spurs game I did not fret too much even mm. when we didn't score for half an hour <laughs> um, I like I Jansen I was able to laugh off the fact that Jansen missed seven chances because <laughs> I really like the way he's, he, he gets his body in position gets the ball one touch and he wants to shoot they're mm. going to go in in the end yeah but uh, you did ask for your money back after that didn't you well, <laughs> well of course <laughs> this isn't
1: what I expect at all Through well, your well, season ticket on, on the
3: pitch yeah through uh, my season ticket on the pitch enjoying yeah. myself at, at Spurs game yeah. I'm not having that but I mean
0: tough I mean, Manuel. I mean, you know, if you want to go forward in that competition playing the sort of second string, Liverpool way is going to be a tough one, isn't it? Because they, they've got no Europe to, to worry yeah, about. Yeah, I think
2: Pochettino's selection is going to be really interesting for that guy. I think
0: he's already said he's going to play pretty much the same team as always. I think yeah. he play the same team. I, I, yeah. You think he'll play the same team? I, <coughs> I think, I think he so.
2: might. Well, okay. My, my, my hunch is he'll strengthen it slightly because I think if we get tonked by Liverpool with the same team, it could have a sort of detrimental effect on us. So I think he'll, he'll want to try and sort of do all he can to ensure that's not the case. And actually, I actually personally believe it would be a blessing in disguise if we go out.
0: Well, I mean, because obviously we yeah, the Champions League.
2: All the seasons when we've done well mm. in terms of the, the league, we've gone out of the uh, the League Cup very early.
1: Yeah, but then here's, here's the big conundrum that comes up every season, isn't it? Is that, you know, that's a trophy that we could win. And actually what Pochettino needs to do and what this team needs to do is he needs to win something. Mm, okay? At the moment it's promising and there's all of this, you know, potential for the future and whatever. Mm. Pochettino absolutely needs a trophy mm. uh, I don't actually care which one it is and you go back to the argument about so we're going to put out weakened teams and not really prioritise a league cup so that we can stay in the Champions League which probably we're not going to win I might go out on a limb yeah. now and yeah, say yeah, well, that, I uh, and right. then look to try and qualify <coughs> next year for a competition which probably again we're not going to win mm. and I think you know, I think fans want to see a bit of silverware mm. uh, and of course we're going to prioritise the Premier League and, and the Champions League that are the bigger competitions but I think one of the very small criticisms that you can make of Pochettino over his time there was that possibly it showed that he wasn't really prioritising the FA Cup yeah. and the League Cup last year no manager is ever going to put a team out to lose or yeah. not want to win a game but there's a little bit of a difference there but yeah. I would like to see us stay in it I'd like to see us win it and if we've got this squad that you know if we're worried about the, 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 the size of our squad and four competitions there's plenty of other teams that have got a lot more to worry about as well if we've got this squad depth then let's use it and try and win a
0: trophy mm-hmm. fair enough um Obviously, two big games this weekend, and the first one really sort of more on it now since we lost the first one in Monaco. Uh, Moscow tomorrow night. Um, a team on paper that doesn't have many star players. They've got a new stadium. But pretty much, we really want to try and get all three points there, don't we? Aren't
2: yeah. they unbeaten in 16 games or something like that? They're, they're, pretty, they're pretty resilient, is what I hear. That they're, they're, they're functional, they're effective. Um, I, I would say... I think we're going to struggle to win. No
0: Dar, no Dembélé, no yeah, Rose, I, I, no I, Sissoko is also I, injured. Oh, no Sissoko. No Sissoko. Four, no, yeah. four key players I, I, not travelling. I,
2: I think that's that's a real, that's a real struggle. I, I, I mean, it's interesting that Pochettino's gone out and said it's a game we must win. You know, well, I uh, said that. Whether he said that. I think he said that. Because now we on know points. Yeah, we need yeah. to
0: catch up. Now. And obviously, they drew with Leverkusen. So yeah. they're on one point. So mm. a win would propel us. Mm. Top two qualified, do not they? So mm. yeah. you want to get the okay. win on the board.
1: It's not a total write-off if we don't win.
0: But no, obviously, but you can see we, why we want we, to do that. And
1: they'll know lost. that. And that's how they'll line up as well. Yeah. Because they know that we've got to go for it. And the missing player that worries me is Dembele. I think if there is any player... I think you made the point in your blog last week, didn't you, as well? But if there is any player... Uh, in, in the top division that makes so much difference to the team as Dembele I'm, you know, I'm not convinced who it is and that, that, that worries me we really need him on Tuesday well, only, We're writing us off without him only 10
0: teams who have lost their first group game have gone on into the knockout stages really? to give you an idea of stats yeah. for the Champions League. Yeah, it's a good stats. So, it's, mm. thank you. I think so I this, this one could go is quite down, down to the tough way, way, though.
1: I think that a lot. I think all the teams are going to drop points, and think mm. we could end up going into the, the you know the final yeah. round or two rounds of games with everybody on roughly the same amount of points, and there could be some surprises in there. So, you didn't fancy I, I, you going
0: yeah. out there, gentlemen. Didn't fancy a, a, a Tuesday
3: night in, in Moscow. No, my, my sofas, uh, <laughs> uh, the cushions are plumped up, ready, ready to go. It's I, a tricky I think, tricky yeah. game to get to, apparently. But I mean, for the fans. Yeah, well there was uh,
1: It's um, you need a visa, biometric you? testing oh, right. £150 for a VC you need a personal invitation from C S K Moscow to go over there, you have to go and collect your tickets from a certain point, so it's not, it's not the most attractive trip, mm. but I think we're, I think numbers wise, we, we take around about the same number of people to, I think we took about 250 to Donetsk mm-hmm. a few years ago, and I think the fans will go out there with a die hard home and away season ticket holders that, yeah. that, that go to every game, and I think for most people, the combination of the hassle, it's so at least three days off work really, mm. um, it, it, it's not cheap either, so I think that's that's really what it is. So, I mean, that's also going to make it difficult because they're a pretty passionate crowd, mm. I think, as well. Um, our fans aren't really going to be able to make themselves heard. Well, so warnings about we can, don't
0: wear your colours because the Moscow fans will, will sort of take your flags and stuff as a yeah. trophy, apparently. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Out. I mean,
1: a lot of the European cities you get the warnings as standard advice from the club, you know, don't put flags up in the town centre as well. But I, I don't, there's just not going to be the numbers out there for any, any massive issues to happen, really.
0: Well, hopefully not. Mm. So. You know, but I mean, there's been many games over the last few years where Spurs fans have been in a quiet bar yeah, and, a and they've target, been, yeah. been yeah. targeted, and yeah. that, that's that. That's the worry over there, isn't yeah. it? For probably why a lot of fans would go, you, you wouldn't wouldn't take your kids to this one, would you? <laughs> no, <laughs> let's go to Moscow for the night. Well, unless you know. they're up for adoption. <laughs> 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 but uh, Adam, what, what do you think with this sort of European campaign? Do you think we can go further, or do you think out of the two, it should be the emphasis should be on the league this season? I think
3: it's too early to make any choices and uh, I, I don't think Pochettino sure he's clearly going to play um, his full strength team in uh, whoever's available in the Champions League as well as in the league um, I think it's also a bit too early to, to say that this is a must three-pointer we're good at We're good. Our normal style is good at playing counter-attack football. Mm. And there are going to be periods where we're going to have to absorb uh, a lot of pressure from them. Equally, we play very well on the break and we've got the players to do that. Mm. So I think you should just set up in the normal way and see how the game goes.
0: Yeah, Where, who do you think will sort of be in there? I mean, you know, you'd imagine that Dyer and Dembele would have started. Who do you think he'll sort of slot in in those positions? Well,
1: he's, he's got to play Wanyama, isn't he? It really looks like it's Wanyama and Ellie probably in those middle two positions, and in mm-hmm. what he does with the, you know, Jansen's going to up front, if he's mm. going to use that, unless we're going to go, we're going to force nines, and force nines, yeah. uh, and then it's you know, take your pick, really. Mm. He and might the ask for
3: fullbacks to, to, to yeah. play a bit more defensively, certainly, yeah. to start with, to see how the game shapes up so that someone like Walker is making a sporadic run mm. r- rather mm. than consistently bombing forward. Bombing forward. Mm.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And then, obviously, the weekend Emmanuel, top two uh, first place, second mm. Man City, who we obviously thrashed 4 1 last season. They've got De Bruyne is is out for four weeks. Who scored last season gets us one of their best players. Can we get something at White Hart Lane? Sunday? I doubt
2: it. They're a different team this year. Isn't that? And they've got some pretty good players, and I mean, even yeah. without De Bruyne. Yeah. I, I, you know, they're already,
0: they're
3: already the, odds on to win the, the league. players, who, I,
2: I'm not saying that they'll definitely win the league because you know you've seen clubs who make fast starts fall away. Mm. Man City last last season, Arsenal year on year mm. tend to make fast, relatively fast starts or be you know there or thereabouts and then fall away. Thankfully, um, I, I, I think I think we're going to be hard pushed in in, in that game. I think um, I think it's a big game for Man City as well to sort of come to come to the lane and to prove that this year they're a different proposition Mm. so um i i'd actually be thankful for a point
0: martin would you be thankful for a point
1: uh yeah i think the city obviously go into it as favorites and if you've watched it's one of those horrible things if you're a football fan and you've watched the sort of football they play even though it's not your team you can't not admire what they've done they are they have been absolutely fantastic but i think that we will give them more of a game Mm. than they've had so far as well um yeah, at the moment, I'd, I'd take a point. But also, I wouldn't rule out us, us getting a win. You know, at some stage, you know, it's not going to click for them. I think De Bruyne, who has been absolutely yeah. superb for them as well, another indication of the genius of Jose Mourinho. Yeah. he let that one go, didn't oh, he as well? Yeah. Particularly satisfying to see him do what he did against Chelsea the other week. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think we've, you know we've got a decent chance in there as well I, I don't think the gap is as big as people are saying but you can't look at what city have done in those first five yeah. or six games of the season and say they're not the favourites in that game I mean that is some of the most exceptional football I've seen in a long time yeah really. it, it, it is I mean at the same time it, one of the reasons it would be great to get a draw is we avoid
2: defeat and if we mm. can keep this unbeaten run going yeah, I think I think there's a there's a sort of mentality that's engendered a, you know it's
0: good to sort of get them this early on in the season I think
3: Yeah, I I think it's worth just just dwelling on on, on what you said a moment ago, that Spurs are actually second in the league. Mm. And I don't think the Spurs have been given enough credit for this. They were way down the list on on Match of the Day, for example. I was listening to Five Live. I really like Five Live on, on a Saturday. Um... And Spurs barely got a mention. Mm. You know, Wayne Rooney being on the subs bench got 30 mentions. Mm. Spurs being second in the league, unbeaten, not conceding a goal from open play, barely got anything. And I I think we we really need to recognise, actually, we are playing some really decent stuff. And as we were saying earlier there is more to come City will be a great challenge just the sort of game I like um, we might be able to push them back we're going to put them under a lot of pressure I think uh, especially out wide so they're going to have less freedom to attack um, let's hope it's as good as it was last year at the time absolutely I, 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 th- I, th- I really think I've got a really good feeling about this game to
0: be quite honest I think you know it's well I mean you know they've won they've won six on a spin as you said they're favourites to win I just think we've almost got nothing to lose if we lose the game it's not like oh whoa whoa disaster that's our season over let's sort of put a marker down and go okay you think you're good we're pretty good as well and have a go. That's yeah. that's my hope. And anyway. a great
1: game of football in prospect as well. Yeah, but I mean, your point about the credit is that in a way, it's nice to be under the radar. But you imagine if it was the kind of you know Klopp led Liverpool who was second and mm. sort of unbeaten in the league. Then it would be like, let's see they going to dominate Europe for the next twenty years. No, but there, <laughs> there, but there, is a, there is a difference. To be fair, we we haven't really sparked this season. No. Uh, so
2: so I, I so and actually last year, if you recall. The Man City game was the game that sparked Mm. the run, if you Mm. will. And we Mm. started to play some really good football. Mm. I mean, I hope it's it's repeated this year. But, you know, one of the reasons I think we've been under the radar is because we've huffed and puffed in a number of games.
1: Mm. Yeah. But, but then that's always taken as that's the sign you know you said about the old Liverpool team in the 70s and 80s didn't they and Arsenal for a while as well it's just that you know if you can sort of still get the points and be up there when you're not playing well then that's a sign of a, of a team that's going to challenge for a title mm. so hopefully that's, that's what it will turn out to be for us so.
0: absolutely I mean I, oh, I don't want to attempt that I don't think we're going to get spanked 4-0 4-5-0 like we have with them over the years I think, it, I think it'll be like a goal in it and as Mike right. said that the face of yeah, everybody around the table <laughs> <is> going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> next week we're <laughs> Edit that so now! Stupid <laughs> are we? idiots. Oh, well, move on. we will we'll we'll move on. <laughs> we'll move on. I <laughs> oh, don't forget forget when you do this, you <laughs> know you want to this year. Exactly. You can get all our links to all our previous shows and join our Facebook group and Twitter feed and our free iPhone and Android apps, Everything at Spurshow.net. Uh We can announce tonight our Chris- our Spurs Show live Christmas show is again at the Hunter Club on Monday, December the twelfth. And our special guest uh, is a man who's manager... In 1986, caretaker manager 2001-2003 manager of that great season where we finished third, got to the cup final league cup semi-final and was obviously managed Clive Allen when he scored his 49 goals, went on to become director of football and now was scout consultant at Spurs and apparently did the deal to bring Dali Alley to Spurs Spurs fan from birth well, from say birth, Spurs fan from a child David Pleat, David Pleat is our special guest uh, should, I mean, I don't know what you'll think about Pleat, we Ask you now. He's I mean,
3: been connected with the club now for over thirty years, Adam. It'd be an interesting Spurs show because, in many ways, he's a rather shady character. Um, he, he's always in the background. You know, he, he seems to have left the club about six times, mm. come back about four times, mm. but in fact, he's always been there. You keep yeah. reading, <coughs> consultant David Pleat, consultant at Spurs. Mm. Two things about him, he really knows his stuff. Um, he, he actually goes out and watches reserve football, youth football, and he really knows people. Secondly, he's never had enough credit for that team mm. that, that, that he put together. They played, um, an attacking four, five, one with a fluid formation, um, without, um, a big centre forward way before anybody else did that. Mm. Um, it was a superb team. And if they kept the team together and hadn't got rid of him so quickly, um, we, we could, that team could have done something.
0: Mm. What are your thoughts of that sort of team, that era? Yeah, Martin, I, I, th- right? I think he's been, he's
1: been underestimated partly because of the obviously you know, you can't get around to the circumstances of him going as well. There's a lot of change going on in football at the time. Mm. Um, I think he'd also made himself unpopular with, with a, a number of the, the existing first team there as well, possibly by trying over enthusiastic to come in and stamp his mark on the team. So I think he sort of had a few battles at the club, didn't he, as well? But we're <laughs> right, you know, I mean, that, that 87 season, you yeah. can't, it was it was a team ahead of its time really and you can't criticise yeah. as a manager who, who put that team out as well. He does know his stuff and he's he's a very, very dedicated club servant as well, so proper Tottenham.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's such a shame, manual that season didn't win anything because we finished third in the league. There was those two, well, more than two, those ridiculous semi-final league cup games against Arsenal, one all up, two-one down, all those games and the mm-hmm. replay. We scored, we took the league club out and scored in both games, I'm, I remember. And obviously the Coventry game when we went th- one-up after, what, three minutes or something? Yeah. Uh,
2: but it was... But well, we were in the running for the, uh, for the championship, or the premiership. Yeah, finished or there. Is yeah, it? I mean, yeah. there was the game against Everton, which was the, you know, yeah. that was the crucial game that, unfortunately, we, yes. we, we lost. And... Um, uh, look, I, I, I echo everyone's sentiments. I think he was a, you know, an extremely good manager. And, mm. and the problem was at that time is that we were hiring and firing too quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he'll be a fascinating guest. So go and get your tickets. Go to live.spurshow.net. Uh, they're a £20 a ticket. And we've got 10 tickets at £10 for an early bird special. So the first 10 of you that go to live.spurshow.net can get half-price tickets. And it's always a great night at the 100 Club. I presume we have Martin, hopefully, and Adam's annual quiz and comedians and raffle and i know um vsp publisher will be there with some books so it's always a uh, a good night out in town up west um right well let's talk about this this wonderful book that martin allen of uh written a people's history of tottenham hotspur basically how the fans have shaped the identity of tottenham uh it draws on social history contemporary press reports and first-hand interviews with the fans themselves um i mean I- i've read the book i have to say to both of you one of the m- probably m- best research books about tottenham i've ever read it was extraordinary the research that got into this book how, how did the book come about Alan? what, what was the idea behind it
3: well, Martin and I got to, got to know each other, actually, through my blog, Tottenham On My Mind, when, when I, mean, I had always been aware of his work. And actually asked to interview him in one of my many short-lived series about what Tottenham means to me. And we were chatting, and we had very similar ideas. And it turned out that we'd both been thinking, roughly, about the same idea, about... Uh, writing something about supporters mm. because we both felt that the supporters were there in the background they, they were they, they were always there they were massively important but never given the right amount of credit treated as background noise treated as dirt treated as scum <laughs> pushed around all, all the time um and yet we both felt that Spurs fans had always stood up for something. Um, we'd been around at the time of the protests around the end of the shelf, um, the uh, business about Stratford. Or do you, do, do you not go to Stratford? So so Spurs fans were there uh, speaking up for something. I, I mean, the thing, one thing, it was odd, odd instance for me was um i think it must have been way back in 2008 spurs played a monday night game at newcastle in the league cup third round and it was on skype and this is game is is better known for i think this was the game when berbatov refused to play and he was skulking on on the on the bench and there were over thirty thousand people there and there were 500 spurs fans and jeff stelling was doing it And he was constantly slagging off the fans. He was saying only 30,000 people have come. Time and again, he said only 500 Spurs fans have come. It's on a Monday night. You've got to give up a day and a half of work. It was on television. It was Sky's fault. And it was a typical example, a minor one perhaps, in the history of uh, fans being ignored. But how they should be getting down on their knees and saying this game would be nothing unless those people turned up to watch a football match and to create an atmosphere. Mm-hmm. and so those ideas have gradually progressed, and here we have the history from 1882 to, well, mm. who knows, maybe, you know, 2022 20, and, and, yeah. and onwards. So, Martin, what I found fascinating about the book, because you,
0: you, you go from the very beginning and how the club was shaped and therefore how the fans started supporting this wonderful club, what I couldn't believe was the amount of sort of campaigns and really key things that have happened within the club that the fans were sort of so important. I mean, you mentioned the the Left on the Shelf campaign, the whole Sugar, Venables thing going on, the Stratford yeah. but there was stuff even before then
1: yeah I mean I've been asked about campaigns that's, that's interesting isn't it yeah I mean there was, Spurs fans were involved in, uh, in the 60s in uh, organising some of the early protests about the allocation of cup final tickets uh, and it's actually there's a story which we told a little bit when I wrote a book with Adam Powley uh, about Spurs in Europe a few years ago about the Tottenham Angels and the Tottenham Angels were three Ordinary supporters who take an exception to the team being described as no angels after the away game in Poland in the in the first European Cup season, and so they dressed up as angels and walked around the edge of the pitch with the sort of these placards with you know sort of "Hello, be thy name," and and the, the, the vicar of the local church actually complained and threatened to uh, to sue for blasphemy uh, at the time, and they 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 then said, look, you know, we've just had a bit of fun, didn't really want to cause any offence, but what we're going to do is concentrate on some other stuff now, and the other stuff that they concentrated on was that campaign about the uh, about the cup tickets. So there's been a bit of a tradition there for a while, and what was interesting about some of the original uh, research that we did, and a lot of that we drew on. I mean, a lot of this is, is Alan's real kind of hard and fastidious work. He's doing a, a PhD on fandom as well, so we drew on a lot of that research that had been there. But the origins of Spurs and why people came to to back the club. One of the things that people had picked up on is that it was actually, in contrast to a lot of other clubs, including in London, it was formed by a bunch of middle class kids. It wasn't the working class factory or mm-hmm. you know kind of working class community scheme. It was the club of the emerging suburbs of London that they those people identified with it Um, the Payne's Boots Affair which you know sort of Spurs historians will be uh, familiar with where Spurs were accused of uh, an illegal inducement to a player you know professionalism in an era of amateurism and it was felt that the FA had been a bit heavy-handed and who can imagine that now the football authorities being sort of rather heavy-handed with with a club Uh, and it was all of those things that started getting people behind Spurs you know we were seen as the the, the people who had been wronged as well so there was that kind of you know local identity Mm. Uh, and it was very much it was a middle-class suburban club it was a club that represented the south against the industrial north and Mm. that's why the 1901 cup final was such a big game that was the game that more people 143,000 people I think if I remember the figure right from the book went to watch the FA cup final At Crystal Palace Park between Spurs and Sheffield United in nineteen eighty one I won. And that was the biggest crowd ever that had been to a football match anywhere in the world at that stage. That that was Mm. a level of interest. So that's where it all comes from. And that Mm. it was quite interesting looking at the development of club at the club alongside the development of London. Yeah. And I think Adam mentioned the Stratford thing as well, and that was it was controversial and Spurs fans were divided about that at the time. But it reinforced my uh, feeling that we were right uh, in the enter of campaign, and I was one of the people who said, I think that we should stay, and I actually thought that we would end up going, because I didn't think that most fans would care mm. enough about it, so even though, you know, we'll claim now to be, you know, the, we've written the people's history of, of Tottenham Hotspur, actually, everybody's got their own view of the history as well. I was pleasantly surprised that the number of Spurs fans who said, actually, it matters that we come from Tottenham, mm. that every game this club has played has been 400 yards from that lamppost as well, and mm. of course, that, that will change, uh, you know, with 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 the year away. But the fact that we're building the stadium next to, you know, where we played for all that time is important. And and people people still think about things like identity and roots even in a very very commercialized age so that was one of the things hopefully that people will get out of the book but when we right. were writing the book reinforcing that because often the most difficult thing about doing that amount of research and writing is that if you've if you've always thought something and you find that actually that wasn't quite right uh, you know there's, there's, there's a bit there's of a challenge a to the ego there as well <laughs> yeah. um but it, it, it kind of backed up a lot of the, the right. kind of positive feelings that we'd had about the club as but, well. but
0: so. i also liked about it it wasn't just all the historical stuff you've, you've i mean it's great actually you talk about the the, the being in Tottenham and the new state, and the fact that Champions League Wembley, and you could see, mm. you know, our, technically our biggest mm. home attendance of all time at Wembley a couple of weeks ago. What was interesting, I also thought of the book, was the whole talk about advent to social media. And mm. I think you actually gave us a very nice name check. The fact that there's, there's, mm. there's shows like this where like-minded Spurs fans want to sit and praise and moan about the team. There's a real sort of togetherness with with, with social media and also people falling out and, you know, leave you in, leave you out, brigades and all that. But is there something about the Spurs fan? I've always thought we are special in a type of way. Whether it's sort of the football that most of us have been brought up on, you know, but we've all sort of depending on your age, we've all at least seen one era or a few seasons of great football, hopefully, unless you're sort of very young or whatever. Do you think there's something about Spurs fans as a collective people, Alan? Or do you think all fans are the same out there?
3: I think there are some similarities. In the book, we've concentrated on... Spurs and the Spurs identity, which is tremendously important. Um if people want to pay us to write another book comparing the identity, (laughs) you know, Martin and I are available. Just contact the Spurs show, they can pass the the details on. Um but we decided actually, you know, not to waste any any words or pages about other clubs. Um what we've said is that that we think that Spurs have got an identity that has got some common elements amongst football fans, but I think there is something distinct. Um, we've been able to to show that um, right from the very beginning there's been uh, a strand of independence to actually get the club off the ground without mm-hmm. going into it too much. Uh, people will know that it was started by a group of schoolboys and they were relatively independent. They weren't helped out as many other clubs were by pubs, by um, workplaces or by churches. Um, They actually had to go to the church to get some support. They were very independent. Um, They were very resilient because they had to survive in a very competitive market on Tottenham Marshes. Um, And people came to watch them because they played good football. Mm -hmm. And the thing about the Spurs way, I think, is not a myth. We have won things and done well and attracted fans when we play good football. And I think that that's part of our DNA. Mm. And, the loyalty you know all fans will, of all clubs will say they 're loyal, but if you watch the ups and downs of Spurs, um, the fans have kept coming, for mm-hmm. example, when Arsenal moved in into our patch we 've looked at this from the point of view of fans, and what is remarkable is how many people came to Spurs when the revists up the road, especially in the thirties arsenal was so successful that and spurs were were oscillating between the first and second divisions we We came in numbers, mm-hmm. and of course, our record crowd before Monaco, 75,000, was in 1938, in the middle of that period. <clears throat> you fast forward to the present day, and I think um, Spurs fans, generation of Spurs fans, my, my son, I've quoted my son in the book, he's, he's 29, and he says, look, Dad, at least you had that Ricky Villa goal. What have I had? Yeah. <laughs> he, he sits next to me and suffers and enjoys it on the, on the shelf, and I'm very proud, uh, proud of it. I'm proud to sit next to him. But what you've got is some loyalty there again. You know, there are no glory hunters um, or hipsters at White Hart Lane. Mm. They are proper football fans. Those fans of that generation may not have had much success, but they've had experience of watching football in a relatively old-fashioned ground and I mean that in the nicest possible way it is a small ground it is compact night games especially that is your world there's nothing going on out there because you can't see outside so they've had that that atmosphere and I think that that heritage is real to Spurs fans perhaps in the face of you know Arsenal and Chelsea's success we've said look actually this means something to us and I think it's very interesting that the 1882 group of younger fans directly appear to that heritage it is about going to watch spurs support the shirt get behind the team whereas with other teams like Arsenal and chelsea social media activity seems to be far more important Mm. than actually going to watch a football match
0: i can't believe the amount of people i mean i was welling up as you were coming out of some of that stuff by the way i can't believe the amount of sort of fans that will tweet during a game i mean whether whether at the ground or watching on a legal feed or watching a live game i can't i'm i'm consumed in what's in front of me we
1: cover a bit of that in the book i mean it's not it's that you know we try and look at the the negative side of things as well i mean that there is a bit of an issue and i think you know it's possibly old gets corner as well but i think you know generally with conversation but sports seems to exacerbate it a little bit there's that kind of Desire for instant success, or you know that you would you say things on social media. You wouldn't say things to people's face, so you get these ridiculous, mm. vicious arguments mm. sometimes. growing up over, over absolutely nothing. And that it, if somebody looks at this in ten years' time, they might say, "Well, that changed it." And we sort try to look at, at the fanzines and organised Spurs fans from way in the past. You know, we didn't manage to do as much about the Lily White magazine, which was the old yeah. official Spurs supporters club magazine, as yeah. we'd have liked to do. You know, we yeah. overwrote by by yeah. ten thousand words, <laughs> and we could have made the book twice <laughs> as true. long, really, which wow. would be very dull for everybody. But the, wow you know and the, you know the fanzines now we, we had one of the best fanzines in the country we, we interviewed Stuart Mutler, who was yeah. one of the co-editors uh, 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 of the of the Spur and it was very very well regarded and really the fanzines now have died out of Spurs there are yeah. no real print fanzines anymore I think Myers has seen the glory still kind of stays there a little bit um, but everything's gone online whereas other clubs yeah. have retained their mm-hmm. their, uh, their print fanzines but I mean we called it a people's history rather than the people's history because we recognise and I think one of the reviews said that possibly one of the criticisms might be that Martin and I are too close to a lot of what they've written about in the last 20 or 30 years and I think that's a criticism we take on board but when we were first looking at how to do this we thought it can't be anything else but no matter how much research we do it's going to be through our eyes and I think Alan's point that any fan of another club can write that Liverpool, Newcastle anybody can write this book about their club and it will be very very different but there are things to look at but I think there are yeah. other Spurs fans that can write this book as well and we try to reflect you know Crackers who we, we, you know, we interviewed I know he's been on the, on the show a few times, times as well yeah. he's, you know, he used to be the, 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 the pop man and these old man used to run the the Bull Pub. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a very different story to some of the other people that we've interviewed yeah. in there as well. Um, there are people that, that won't particularly agree, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a strand of history. We try to look at that, you know, the whole picture and the bigger picture. But it's it's still through our eyes. I and mean, we don't it, make any apologies. I'm, for that.
0: Tra- I'm in- surprised you got that. Kind of criticism, because to me there was nothing in the book where you go well oh, look at us, aren't we wonderful? At all, there was nothing. I don't think that would be difficult to do. To do wouldn't it, you say <laughs> when you're in the middle of something, <laughs> but, you know, sometimes fans, it's difficult you know, to
1: be able well, to step back and look at it as other people would do. And I think I think it's fair enough. You know,
3: uh, I, look, we you know Martin, Martin and I we, we love the club. That is the word, and and we spend a lot of our time worrying, fretting, celebrating mm. about this club. And we had a chat about it, and we thought no. <clears throat> We're going to do it with the people to do it and and I think you will see in the book w- one thing that we, we've had some positive comments about which I think a lot of people didn't expect was that we've not shied away from presenting both sides mm. of certain aspects so for example the business with the Stratford m- with Stratford Martin and I were both vehemently in favor of respecting our heritage and staying in, in n17 however we have presented the contrary case saying not only was it about um, economics and moving, but actually linking that to the social history of modern football, which is increasingly about consumerism and about money and about being commercial and so it was not just about a move to stratford it was a battle about heritage and commercialism which i think other fans of other clubs will will identify with we we did the same with social media Mm. we've said look social media is great as martin says fanzines spread it sometimes social media and blogs and of course i have a blog myself can be an extremely toxic place Mm. to be but again underneath that we've we've tried to say look um, I am um, being ridiculously fair to some of the commenters here, but um we try to say look actually there is a battle for authenticity there are different views about what is an authentic fan so for example i mentioned 1882 many people on social media have criticized 1882 for saying that any form of organization any form of take your shoes off for the lads etc goes against the anarchy of terrorist life and they've been been
1: accused of being hipsters you said there's no hipsters in spurs and i've seen it this is a bunch of hipsters as well so you know (laughs) well
3: in that case i was the oldest hipster in town which which everybody around this table knows <laughs> that stayed, i certainly am not but but I, I think we've tried to show that there is actually some conflict um and that is about people who are just as passionate about their football club mm. as we are mm.
0: well it's, it's a it's a wonderful book. Where, where where's the best place for people to go and get it martin
1: uh, it's called a people's history of Tottenham hotspur football club it's published by pitch publishing so if you go to the pitch publishing website just go Google that you can find yep. that it's available on amazon it's right. available in all good bookshops and mm-hmm. as the old joke goes and some of the bad ones as well um uh, kindle yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. there's right. e version as well uh, it's been out for about a month uh, it's available i think in the states we're told from the end of this month okay. uh, though some people seem to have, uh, have managed to get it over there as well uh, we've had the orders in from india and australia as well wonderful so it seems to be getting a global audience well we can give um, a copy <laughs> we
0: give a copy away uh, you've got to think of a sort of question
3: Oh, thrown out, you know? Yeah. but
1: I don't. It's, 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 I don't really know very much about Spurs, you know. So, question. No, uh, well, spurs, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Book
3: won't tell you anything.
0: Yeah. Um, Th- you think about it. Think about a question, and we're, we'll we just uh, finish up here, and then we can mm-hmm. we can uh, we'll do it. You can sort of tweet the answer, and then we'll give out a copy. Randomly pick one out uh, before we go uh, next week. Barry Castanola is, is our esteemed host um yes and then again that's pretty much it uh quick predictions emmanuel moscow man city give us two results
2: moscow um as everyone knows because i'm a born pessimist i'm going to say at best moscow will be a draw and i think at best the man city game will be will lose
1: by the odd goal
0: wow martin what do you reckon uh i think we'll draw in
3: moscow uh and i'm going to go for a win just to f- shake it up a bit of the weekend against Man City. Quite right. and what do you reckon? I'm just riding this uh, tsunami of optimism. So it's a draw in Moscow and a win against City.
0: I'm going to go win in Moscow 2-1, win at White Hart Lane Sunday 2-1. There we
3: are. We're doomed. I'm
0: feeling. It. I'm <laughs> oh feeling my it. goodness! Yeah, I should have kept my bloody trap shut. Uh, anyway, so go and get the book. You think a, a quick question? Who was the churchman
1: that helped out uh, the schoolboys who founded the club?
0: They are. Who we was just the, need a name? Who was the churchman of who helped the schoolboys that formed Tottenham Hotspur uh, back in 1882? What was his name? If you tweet the answer to at Spurs Show, um, sorry if you're not on Twitter, but that, or even our Facebook group as well on our Facebook group, and uh, we'll randomly pick one up. And uh you'll get um you signed copies at the publishers, or or, or uh, yeah,
1: we can sort that out. I'm gonna we'll do a
0: signed yeah. copy.
1: Can yeah. uh, we sign so anybody we... important, or we'll yeah. we just put, scribble put our put names in name. there as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Yes, put, right, put yeah. some other <laughs> so random some of that old rubbish in there.
0: Well, that'd be great. Well, look, thank you so much, Emmanuel Martin Allen, for joining us this week. It's been a fantastic show, Um and uh, thanks for downloading. We'll see you all next week. Come on, you Spurs!
1: If you like this podcast, come and
2: join me, Mark Webster, for The Whistleblowers, a weekly show that looks at the topics that all football fans are discussing this week at thewhistleblowers.net. And it happens to be brought to you by the same lot that produced this one
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?